0: Hey there, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I just wanted to go ahead and offer the usual disclaimer. As the name would suggest, I'm just an average guy, I'm not a theologian, and I have no Bible degrees of any sort. The topics covered in this podcast are the results of my own study and understanding, and any and all opinions expressed are just that, my own opinions. I encourage everyone listening to treat this not as an end-all be-all for your understanding, but as a jumping-in point for your own study. I hope that the verses and perspectives provided inspire you to cultivate further growth in your spiritual walk. Now with all that out of the way, let's get into the episode. What is up everybody? Welcome back to An Average Account of Exceptional Things. My name is Chandler and I am your host. Thanks for joining us today. Some quick intro notes before we get into the meat and potatoes of the episode here. This episode is going to be a little bit personal for me, because the experience I had that inspired this episode came a few months ago, and let me just say it was absolutely incredible. So because of that, while there will still be plenty of scripture referenced in today's episode, there will also be a lot of personal stories. If this story that I'm about to tell blesses you even a fraction of the amount that it blessed me to be there firsthand, this is going to be a real treat. So we're going to start this episode a little bit differently than most by opening up with a larger chunk of scripture reading right off the bat. This is going to be James chapter 2, verses 14 through 26. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? and he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone, and in the same way, was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So obviously a lot to unpack here. Some important notes, James is not saying that we aren't saved by faith alone. We see in verse 22 here that James writes, Faith was completed by his works. And again, you might think that James contradicts the message of salvation by faith alone in verse 24. But here, James speaks of an empty faith. To give a very modern example that a lot of people may have witnessed firsthand, picture someone like a cultural Christian. Someone who expresses faith in God with their words, but does not have genuine belief in their hearts that in turn will bear the fruit in their lives. So those are a couple of quick notes here and some common misconceptions that can go with this set of verses. And this is the big point that I want to drive home. When you trust in God and receive him into your heart, you are changed from the inside out and your life should bear the fruits of that change. Now that I've had the chance to share some scripture about this topic, it's time we got into those stories that I promised you. This is such a powerful example of some amazing people who are bearing those fruits that I just talked about in their lives. Now a while back, I got to go visit New York. And during my time there, I was blessed with the opportunity to work alongside a local church in the Red Hook community. The name of the church is Redemption Church. And if you're interested in checking them out, and seeing some of the amazing work that they're doing after this episode, I will have their Instagram handle linked in the episode description. I think it's very helpful, before I talk about the ministry happening through Redemption Church, though, that I go ahead and give everyone a little snapshot of the situation in the Red Hook community, so that you can kind of understand what I witnessed and was told when I was there. Red Hook is a community where a lot of families and individuals have a very low income. Many people rely on low-income housing from generation to generation just to be able to meet their needs and to pay the bills. And this is not from a lack of hard work or effort. These are people who are working hard day in and day out and sacrificing to make ends meet. At least in America, I think a lot of times there is a perception that if you work hard enough, you can climb the economic ladder. It's the American dream, right? If you're struggling, then you should just work harder. And maybe that's the case in some places where well-paying jobs are prevalent and the cost of living is low, but I will assure you that's not the case in this community. And there's also the issue of gentrification. For those unfamiliar with this term, here's the general idea. Wealthy individuals buy up properties, usually in a lower income urban area, at a low cost. They pour money into them, and they make them pretty fancy. And then, either move in, sell them, or rent them out. Now, regardless of what they do with that property, the point here is that they are now far too expensive for local families to afford. And as this happens, building by building, with businesses and residential properties alike, the people who have lived in the community, sometimes for generations, end up getting pushed out. And the people have to leave the place that they call home just because they can no longer afford to live there. And as a result, the culture and the history of the community are wiped away and replaced with that of the wealthier group that's moving in. Now finally, Red Hook is a food desert. And this is a very real, very big problem. When somewhere is a food desert, that means that there is limited access, at best, to fresh, nutritional food. Think of the fresh produce that you could find at a supermarket. You walk into a food city or a Kroger, or whatever the local supermarket is where you're from. There are fruits, vegetables, and all sorts of other really nutritional options. Now walk into a dollar store or a gas station and try to find those same options. You just can't do it. The food you will find there just doesn't provide the same nourishment to your body. There's an old saying that I want to insert here, and it's this. Pay the farmer or pay the doctor. This is something that a lot of people will quote to encourage others to eat healthy and to invest a little more in the food that they're putting into their body because of the health benefits that you will receive in turn. Now this is a very real issue. And even setting that aside, there's also food insecurity on a basic level. In many cases we're talking about just making sure that there is food on the table not just for parents, but also for their children. Now, this is not a political podcast, and if anything I've said has seemed political, I'm sorry that it was taken that way, but the truth is the truth. I have done nothing but describe the reality that I witnessed and learned about firsthand through my experiences and conversations during that short time in Red Hook. And while some will say that this is a political issue, or some of the things that I brought up are political issues, what I want to highlight today is that this is an opportunity for Christians. Now enter Pastor Ed and Redemption Church. Now, I've never seen a church as engaged and involved in the community as this one. My group and I got the chance to walk around the community, and I'll just tell you right now, people would come up almost constantly to say hi and speak to Ed. People there know that Redemption Church is a church that helps people and that cares about people, and they know that he is a part of that. While it is not the only ministry that's happening at the church there, one of the largest ways that they serve their community is through their food ministry. Now, each and every week, people line up to receive food. And let me assure you, this isn't just something to fill the empty stomach. This is real, nutritious food that feeds the body. We're talking fresh fruits and vegetables and all sorts of other good stuff. Now, they also help stock community fridges which are refrigerators on the street where people can come and get food if they need it. Now allow me to share another story that will serve as a testimony to how engaged with the community this church is. Myself and a few others were taking some food down to a community fridge one day, which happened to be in front of a local business. When the woman inside saw us, she came out to speak to us, which makes a lot of sense because we weren't locals, so she'd never seen us around before. And we had no sooner said that we were working with Redemption Church than it was as if we were old friends. She took a picture with us, and we got to have an amazing conversation with this woman. That's the reputation that this church has in the community. We were total strangers. But for her, just the fact that we were serving with the church there was enough of a testament to the sort of people that we were. And I think that that's really amazing, and there's a lot of power in a relationship between church and community like the one that I got to see there. I absolutely love the work that this church is doing in the community because it's a perfect example of exactly what I'm hoping to emphasize to you in today's episode. We, as Christians, should be a people that meets needs. That's a big part of what Redemption Church was doing and is still doing, meeting needs, and there's a lot of power in showing people God's love through our actions. This church saw a need in the community and stepped up to meet it. I think it's great to share the gospel and give people a hope for the life that is to come in heaven. In fact, that's a good thing that we should be doing. But that doesn't change the fact that people need to eat or have a place to sleep or clothes to wear. Pastor Ed talked about this, and I believe that the willingness of the people of the church To put in the work and take that hands-on approach to loving their community is a large part of how God has worked in their church to create such a powerful connection with the people and the families there. A ministry like this makes the love of God very tangible to people. It's easy to look and see that there's something different about the people serving there. There's something special about these Christians because they're living out God's Word, and the love that God has for us to others. And this is no easy, one-time task that they have. According to Ed, in some cases they will spend over a year just loving on someone and helping meet their needs before that person is willing to show up even once for a Sunday morning. But all through that time, the Lord is answering prayers and working in that individual's life all through the ministry of the church. Oftentimes, we'll encounter people with a lot of church hurt. Individuals who have had a bad experience with the church previously, and it's kind of turned them away from the faith. And to some extent, it's hard to convince these people that this time it'll be different, that this church is different, even though in a lot of cases it is. But just like I mentioned earlier, when we take action, when we put feet to our prayers, as the title of this episode indicates, we make God's love tangible to people. It's easy to dismiss words. Talk is cheap, right? We say that a lot, or maybe we hear it a lot at least, but it's hard to deny that, hey, I needed food to eat, and now I have food to eat. I didn't have enough money to put gas in my car, to get to work, to pay my bills, but now I do. Those are hard things to dismiss because they are tangible right here in the world in front of us. And that's what makes it so powerful when we are willing to take that hands-on approach and put in the work to help others and to show others God's love. It's easy to see with our eyes physically when someone is giving of their time, of their energy, selflessly to help others. It's easy to see That there's been a change in this person's life. And that's exactly what's happening here in the stories that I told, and that's exactly what we should be striving to do each and every day. Now getting back to the title of the episode, Feet to Prayers, I think I've talked pretty well about the feet part, or the action, the works. But now let's talk about the prayers. And a lot of times, this is where the work stops. We see a situation, we see someone in need, we pray for them, and that's that. And it is important to pray. I'm not going to deny that. But let's not neglect the work that God can do through us. As I was working on this episode, I saw something online, and it said, Often we pray about something, and that might work, but really we should be taking action. And I have a big old problem with this. And it all revolves around that one word there, might. That might work. Let me assure you that there is power in prayer, and there should be no uncertainty about that. And I don't want anyone to leave this episode thinking that prayer is insufficient and action is needed. They're both important, and they both have their place, I believe, in many cases, hand-in-hand with each other. And I do have some scripture affirming the power of prayer. 1 John 5, verse 15 says this, And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we ask of him. Another verse from 2 Chronicles is going to be chapter 7, verse 14. If my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and heal their land. We should be praying. In fact, in any situation, I think the first thing that we should be doing is praying. Now I can't take credit for the words that I'm about to say, but I think this is a great way to look at it too. Often we think that the least that we could do is pray. That's the least I could do. But in fact... This is the most that we can do. So yes, I want to be the first in line to affirm boldly that there is power in prayer, unquestionably. There is a lot of power in prayer. But let's not allow that to be an excuse to be complacent in the way that we love and serve others. I have a few closing thoughts here as we start to wrap up. I would like to share one more bit of information about the community in Red Hook. There's a street in this neighborhood, and it serves as a divider of sorts. On one side of the street, many families are struggling just to pay the bills and to make sure that their needs are getting met. And on the other side, the average household income is over $100,000. Let that sink in for a moment. One side of the street Struggling to meet the basic needs. The other side, over $100,000 a year. It baffles me that there's such an indifference to those in need. But then, they're the people of the local church. Shining like a bright light in the darkness, they're stepping forward to lend a hand. Now these are just normal people. Everyone in this situation, just a normal person, just like you and I. Those that are indifferent, that have closed up their hearts to people in need, and those who are serving and giving selflessly every single day to help people who are struggling. And when you step back and look at it for a second, it really seems like the people of Redemption Church are superheroes. But at the end of the day, not to to downplay the work that they're putting in, but to lift this up, These are normal people who have allowed the love of Christ to transform their lives. I met a lot of people there who took vastly different paths to get to that point. But at the end of the day, every person is serving in their own unique way. There is one thing that separates those who serve from those who don't, and it's a willing heart. And I believe strongly that when you allow God's love into your heart, when you embrace that, You cannot help but feel compassion and be stirred to action for those in need or those who are struggling. Now this is just one example that I gave today, but all across the world there are people that are in need. And while others may turn a blind eye, as Christians, we should be stepping forward to reflect God's love out to others wherever we can. That situation is going to look different for every person in each individual location, but I promise you, if you look, there will be opportunities. And all it takes is that willing heart. Like I mentioned before, the name of the church is Redemption Church, and there is a link to their social media in the episode description. Once again, I'll go ahead and encourage everyone to check that out. And I'll leave you with this. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, That trees are judged by their fruit. So let's make sure that we are producing good fruits and that we are producing them abundantly because we want our lives to reflect the change in our hearts that we have received through salvation. This officially concludes Episode 10 Feet to Prayers. Like I said at the beginning, I encourage everyone listening to use the topics covered in this episode as a gateway into your own study of God's Word. Hopefully one of the verses mentioned or perspectives offered has inspired you to dig deeper and further your understanding of who God is, and then take that understanding and apply it to your daily walk. With all that said, I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode of An Average Count of Exceptional Things. And until next time, encourage one another, love your enemies, and count your blessings.